Welcome, 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 welcome. My name is Jason. I'm your host from the Brand Identity Design Podcast. I'd like to thank each and everybody who has actually joined us live uh, on this podcast, which we are doing not only on Clubhouse, but as well as on LinkedIn. So I want to quickly give you guys a heads up on uh, what the show is about. Uh, the name of the series which we are currently doing is called The Dark Side of Entrepreneurship. Uh, nothing really dark about it, but we want to educate more entrepreneurs about some of the adversities you go through uh, while you know in the pursuit of financial freedom through my guest stories. Uh, so I just want to thank each and everybody who have been supporting my show uh, all this time, not only on Clubhouse, but on LinkedIn as well as any audio-based broadcasting platforms like Spotify, Google, Apple, and many others. So, I I also want to let you know uh, the format of the show. It's in case if you're new, for the first 30 minutes, 30-40 minutes, it's going to be a one-on-one conversation between me and my guest. And post that, uh, you know, we will allow question and answer from the audience. So if you are interested in asking a question, uh, feel free to raise your hand up when the Q&A starts and we should be able to address any of your questions. Uh, 
uh if you do love the show and if you like what you're hearing feel free to invite some of your friends uh to join this conversation uh, a little love and support uh, would really mean a lot to me as well as my guests so let's actually move on to uh, the conversation actually we are going to be discussing about product placement as a as an advertising as well as marketing strategy and i want to actually give you guys a little heads up on some of the research which i did about the sector uh you know before we actually get into the interview So the first thing which I found out is the uh, product placement uh, market. Uh, product placement is actually a a twenty three billion industry so far, and it's growing at fourteen percent year on year. Okay, now I I also went through a survey which was done by YouGov, and it you know they kind of analyzed around eighteen markets globally. okay uh, with product placement and they found roughly a third of the global consumer find product placement to be very effective uh, especially when it comes to food technology cars and apparel brands uh, when it's actually shot in a camera or used by an actor in a film or a tv program now research also indicates that viewers are watching less and less linear tv uh the kind ha- the kind of uh tv program which has a slate of ads interrupting the entertainment every 7 to 8 minutes now 90% of consumers viewing video content online long or short form either skip or ignore the ads that run before video starts so as advertisers you know they keep struggling to reach customers and they are increasingly turning to product placement spending advertisement budgets uh, to get their ads into media content in this way uh, it can't be skipped or muted the oldest product placement example dates all the way back uh to the invention of motion pictures uh when the lever brothers or lever brothers i don't know how the exact pronunciation but uh they were advertising or you can say a product placement of sunlight soap it appeared in lumiere films in europe in 1896 the first academy award winning film to feature product placement was wings in 1927 the film was featured by several short of Hershey chocolate bar my favorite as well as several other scenes uh you know with actors eating candy now the movie ford versus ferrari i'm sure you may have heard about this movie it generated nearly 56 million dollars in advertisement value for the brand that appeared in the movie far more than any movie nominated for best picture at 2020 oscar the irishman once upon a time in hollywood followed uh, by 35 and 31 million dollars in brand exposure uh, respectively marriage story provided a brand just under 20 million dollars in value and joker one of my favorite movies uh, just over 16.5 million and parasite i'm sure if you may have actually seen this movie really cool i have would i would highly recommend you to watch it it had about 7.2 million dollars worth of product placement in it now some of the best product uh, placements uh, you know we also see in video games i'm sure you may have observed this upcoming trend one of my favorite video games is need for speed it's flooded with a lot of product placements which are basically cars uh, i realized uh, that there was this game called burnout paradise it actually had the obama 2008 
campaign billboard in the game which i found very cool and uncharted 3 another game had subway meal uh, okay in inside the game which was pretty cool and everquest 2 had pizza hut you know ordering which also reflected on it so so i hope you know kind of you know it gives you interesting idea about what product placement is what is uh, you know this topic and why it is so inspiring and interesting to actually discuss about so today we're going to speak about product placement with claudia and uh, during this episode we will cover how product placement in movies enables the audience to develop a stronger connection with the brand in a much more natural way as a part of the dark side of entrepreneurship so i want to welcome uh, you know my guest uh, claudia to uh, to the digital stage or the virtual stage thank you claudia she's an entrepreneur a film and tv producer a director and writer a digital marketer and a founder of real spot film and the marketing bites and claudia so this claudia is also has done production work for cbc cbs uh, nbc and vtv uh, she specializes in visual storytelling through films tv shows videos uh, through strategic product placement so i thought this would be a very awesome interview so that we can discuss this further so thank you claudia for accepting my request to be uh, a guest on my podcast and i want to quickly address the first question uh, what's your aha moment and what inspired you to get into films and product placement marketing tell us about your journey if you can Thank you so much Jason. Uh thank you so much for your invitation. I really feel honored to join you and your amazing audience as well today and to be able to talk about product placement. Well, um for me my aha moment. Wow. <laughs> That goes way back. Um I really think that it was when I really realized that one of the constants of my life was the stories and always has been the stories and i it just goes back to my first memory i remember being walking through this dark corridor holding both hands of with my parents and at the end this huge screen projecting all these amazing images that i could not yet understand because i remember that i was really really early but i it just caused a really deep impression on me and that wonderful experience in in a small town movie theater just marked my life and it planted in my heart that desire to tell stories um and that's where once i re- remember and were able to make that connection i just realized that that was what i wanted to do and it all begins there <laughs> that's really cool so it, it so it started off with you watching a movie and getting inspired by it if i heard that right uh, am i am i correct Claudia or was it a book you said No actually it was a movie I mean books has been present in in my life I remember my mom and my dad also reading a lot of books to me but 
I cannot tell you exactly the date. It was really, you know, as a teenager, maybe young adult when I had to choose in college. Um, but definitely when I got to connect and remember, and that was my first memory, that corridor, that film, that, that experience, that immersive experience, that when it, when it just clicked, aha, you know, that aha moment was like I, when I realized that. It's just stories has been through my life that constant and I wanted to honor that and I wanted to be and, and be able to share those stories with others as well. That is pretty cool. <laughs> Having that immersive experience and the desire to actually share stories, getting into uh, movies and other stuff, you know, it's, it's, it's really cool. I mean, uh, we, we, I mean, I have a feeling that, you know, maybe we've been seeing uh, these male directors for all this time. So, you know, we think that it's, it's a space uh, which is just male dominated, but that's not really the case. You know, I, I think talent is out there. And, and if you have the desire, the inclination to make it happen, anything is possible, right? So, so thank you. I, I really appreciate that share. Uh, I want to welcome uh, Leslie, uh, you know, who's listening to us on LinkedIn. I want to also thank uh, Melissa, Tiffany, Natasha, and Isosa. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. And uh, we have Tilharasha Dawkins. Okay, I'm so sorry if I <laughs> butchered your name. but So thank you so much, guys, for your love and support. So moving on to the next question, Claudia. So uh, tell us about some of your early challenges uh, you experienced as a film producer or director i even while getting into you know the whole marketing side of things so uh, what really happened and what did you learn from it well jason i think like those challenges just you know they just got converted in opportunities and and a good way to learn and to get inspired by them um, I would point out that maybe one of the biggest challenge was coming from a small place. I didn't actually know no one that were filmmaker or that were, you know, making movies or someone that I could actually relate with. You know, it's not the same as thinking as another professions. Um, that you can, you know, say, yes, um, I know doctors, I know lawyers, I, I know all these range and engineers and all these range of possibilities. And actually, I began my career um, on electric engineering, electronic engineering, and then I switched to, to pursue m movies and and director as a director and as a producer. And I think like that really marked my life. It was challenges that I had to overcome, especially looking for learning, you know, mentorship, understanding the process and the different things. And I think like that where the struggle was at the beginning. Um, but I think like when you keep walking and you have that really, really big desire and you really understand what you want to do in your life, that drives you. 
and that really drives you to fulfill that and to learn from it and to look for the inspirations and to overcome those challenges and when you go back and you analyze those things you allow it, it allows you to actually go further so they were just things that makes you better and help you actually in your journey to to get what you really wanted in in first place so that's where i would say like um the biggest challenge where and you know it's entrepreneurship um any any professional um any life we will we will have challenge daily basis but um in my experience there are just a way to allow you to grow and to allow you to discover new things about the things that you want to do or about yourself as well so that's how i've been treating them <laughs> and <laughs> and reflecting on them <laughs> it's a, a quite a 360 turn which you took from you know from electrical engineering to films and producing it and and then pivoting to marketing side you know quite a big turn uh, was there anything uh, which you felt in between after completing your education we kind of made you pivot like you know take that harsh turn uh, you know maybe you've got were you, were you inspired by someone or did you notice something in the market which you felt uh, you could contribute oh yes well i i think like they are all part of the same process what i realized with electronic is that i loved you know the pieces i i loved the gear i i was really inclined to get really excited about cameras and all the the gear that was surrounding films and that you can find in a film set so that gave me so much joy because now i could mix it with the stories that i like it so much so i've always um, loved to entrepreneurship i really really connect with that when i was like i don't know 12 13 years old begin to read a lot and to learn a lot of that uh, process and that journey and i just saw the deep connection that has also marketing so for me films and market and marketing are really i re- are really they just goes along you know so product placement and all these things that we are talking that we will be talking today and that you introduced they are really intertwined and that way of being able to communicate it at all so it just makes sense and it just flows in a way that i could actually blend them in a unique experience because it just brought together all the things that i really liked and what it caught my attention from each side of it it was a really weird blend but <laughs> <laughs> i mean i understand you know some people do get fascinated with gadgets and other stuff so i mean it's understandable let's actually move on to uh, you know the actual topic the meat behind our today's conversation so 
uh, Claudia, for the benefit of the audience, you know, people who are listening who may or may not know, uh, according to you, based on your professional opinion, what is product placement and how does this thing all works? I know some people also call it as embedded marketing. So can you give us a little snippet of what it is? What is the whole idea? Can you give us an overview maybe? Thank you, Jason. Yes, as you well said, embedded marketing. It's a good way to say it, <laughs> a short way to say it. Um, it's definitely a marketing technique. Um, you can use products inside of movies and TV shows and music videos everywhere. Like you can embed those pieces, those products in there and make them feel as a part of that script. You can incorporate it to promote that particular brand or product. And um, as you all said before at the beginning, it's just data from the beginning of the cinema, right? When you mentioned the Hershey's and it, actually the soap operas came out as a, one of the brands, Procter & Gamble, that used to advertise the soap in one of them too. So marketing has been there because films also need, um, they need money to be created as well. So I think like that blend partnership came in at the beginning because brand brands wanted to uh, be present in those um, shows and as a part of that content. And it just evolved to what it is now. And I think like if, if changing constantly so that's another way to see it and i will uh, talk a little bit more about in in further on so we can go to what it is now but there is a lot of examples in brands and pointing out especially one that i know that you might know is the blockbuster et right 1982 uh steven spielberg's and in that one, there's these uh, pieces that um, Elliot, right, used to guide Deity to all this path where, where they want it, where he wants him to follow him, right? Oh, uh, you're talking and, about the alien movie, E.T. Yes, the uh. E.T. And, and it's really amazing because that particular brand, that particular piece was not created for that brand. It was actually created for M&M's. But M&M's decline it because they fear that the ET was actually to, could actually... Um, negatively aff negatively know, affect yes, their reputation. Negatively affect, yes. It just felt like kids might be scared about the figure of the of the et so they passed that offer and we actually get it and they took that and since that it just makes a lot of change because the brand it was amazing the huge huge impact that had on the brand and they did also a cross marketing too so you could see the Reese's Pieces packages with the image of the ET as well. So it was really amazing to watch those little things. Imagine that instead of Reese was 
M&Ms, that would be like a different story. <laughs> it would story. be a colorful eating. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So. But this is, a, this is a thing on films. I don't know if you real, um, have read as well. Like there is another thing, uh, movies that were meant for another actor and actually end up with another actor. And now you don't realize that movie with that latest actor. <laughs> so everything happens for, for a reason, I would say. Yeah, integrating it in the script, uh, you know, has to feel very, very natural. One of the, uh, you know, good movies which I really admire is Forrest Gump. And in that movie, you know, there is a lot of brand pulling which happens, especially with Nikes. And uh, I, I saw a lot of reflection of that, uh, you know, soft drink or carbonated drink called Dr. Pepper. I remember about this movie called uh, The Italian Job wherein they speak uh, highly about Mini Coopers and Mini Coopers were all around the movies. Uh, if you remember Cast Away, that movie, uh, the FedEx one, uh, it crashes and uh, there was this uh, ball. I don't remember the name of the company, but he called it Wilson. Do you remember that, Claudia? I, I forgot yes. what was the name of it. It's, it's Wilson, actually. Oh the, yeah, the, yeah. The the ball is Wilson. That's why he named it that way, and it's beautiful portrayed. And this is how powerful it is. It's just how you tell the story, and it was beautiful because I cried when when Wilson got lost. I deeply cried in the movie because that was his friend, and it's amazing how an inanimate object because. It's surrounded by this emotional charge, and you live through it. You, 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 you were able to relate in such a deep way that when he has to let it go, you don't feel like it's an actual product. And that's the beauty of it. That's the power of integrating a product inside of a real. Um, a script with with the story and it embedded the story and Make, I definitely agree sense. with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not just uh, not just product. I'm just saying I don't know if you watched that movie called Venom uh, uh the second uh, version, the second part and uh, uh the actor uh he was actually wearing the Detroit Lions jacket uh you know the mm-hmm. So yes. Yeah, I, I read about it. There was a, a $24 million exposure. So even sports is included. It's just the way how you kind of showcase it. So as you said, you know, it has to be reflected in a way that it looks natural and it does not feel like, you know, forced because it annoys people out because we are so used to seeing ads. There has to be a perfect balance. Now, I want to really understand uh, from you, uh, Claudia. I know that there are a couple of different type of product placement which when we spoke you kind of highlighted this i think there were like two or three and a few others which you wanted to share so if you can share uh, what are the different types of product placement for the audience that would be nice yes thank you of course jason well you have uh, we spoke about this a screen placement and this is something and i'm, I'm sure that you realize sometimes it goes um you don't pick it up, but they are there. Like we live surrounded by products. So if you are entering in your house, you have to see products. They are everywhere. 
and it just feels natural to the story. So there would be a screen placement in the foreground or the background of the shot um, where the product is not mentioned by name, but it does get like screen uh, time, right? So it gets the exposure because it's there. And you don't feel it disruptive because you understand that that character has to live in that environment. The second way could be an script placement. And we were talking about this, right? So the, um, the actual character or the, actu the actor in the movie will talk about this product or this brand, or it will be at a part that actually is really noticeable and it's part of that identity that that a, a character create in the movie it's part of their journey and um you can i i would say if you remember top gun and ravens right and you feel like Tom Cruise is part of their image. It's part of her, his image. Uh, yeah, when so you true. think about <laughs> Top Gun, right? <laughs> it just you, you think about that, those aviators. That's the first image that it came to mind. It feels all like a part of the character. If you think about Bond, James Bond movies, you will definitely Aston think Martin. about Aston Martin. <laughs> yes. Richard yes. also said the same thing. Aston Martin and yes. Omega. Aston Martin and Omega. And, you know, there's branches and because they are businesses as well, they evolve through the time. Nowadays, James Bond movie, and especially in the latest movie, they are switching from different brands that were just British brands and they are incorporating new um, uh, American brands as well. So you can see how these things evolves in time and they move to appeal different sections or change in the way that they are um, you know showing the characters and embedding them into the story and then we have also the plot placement so that's when the product is part of the of the film and we were talking about this you feel that that characters are connected to this cat oh like the fast you, and furious mm -hmm. segment exactly ah. yes so you feel like those things like dosh i think dosh is one of the brands that fast and furious uh, portrayed a lot and they they use these cars they you cannot imagine the cars and all the things that they do to the cars and you mentioned before the Italian job as well with Mini Coopers. So you can see that there is a variety of, of products and, and items that it just become part of the story that you don't feel that they are in, being intrusive. It becomes something that it goes to the perception and, and it's, let's that's, let's mention it about the portrayal of that brand because that's what it's been shown to people in those movies and in entertainment. So there is a narrative that is embedded in that brand because now that brand is being portrayed in a, in a certain way 
through the story and through that character and now you relate certain things from that character to that brand, that particular brand. And I have an interesting data here about yeah. a Tom Gunn. <laughs> so Raven in the first movie was actually not shown. It was not shown the brand. So it was just the aviator um, glasses. And it actually, um, the exposure was worth over $8.5 million. $8.5 million? Dollars? Dollars. Oh, shit. Just, <laughs> just, no, but look, this is the amazing thing, right? So this is, was just while the movie was in theaters in that time. Now imagine that compound effect every time that someone watched a movie, someone watched Top Gun, right? That one, 1986 movie. So up today, that means that that brand has been exposure on an amount of $50 million worth in brand exposure. This is the difference of it. So now the, the, the latest release, that is the Maverick one, um, Raven got over eight minutes, eight minutes and a half of a screen time. It was a little less, but the actual brand was shown now. And, you know, it, it just makes like a different feeling. And you can see that compound effect on how a product is just one time, well, a couple of times, but I mean, show in one movie and afterwards, all these years that you keep watching that movie, that has the same effect for that brand. So this is the beauty of getting product placement inside of movies and, you know, TV shows and stories around that, that part. And you can see, brands can see, and a spike immediately on the, on, the, on the sales because people watch those shows, watch those movies, and they immediately want to buy that, um, that particular item or use that brand. Absolutely, absolutely. Those are some great points which you shared. I, I really appreciate those examples as well. Now, now so we, we kind of know what are the different kind of product placements. Just want to re-amplify on what you said. We have screen placement, script placement, and plot uh, placement. So now what I want to understand is, uh, Claudia, how do you kind of uh, you know measure the effectiveness of these product placement? Now, if I'm a brand and if I want to actually go ahead and do product placements uh, for my company is there a way how you know, what kind of matrix would be used to measure you know if it's really helping my brand out if it's really uh, you know helping me to get the desired results if you get my question yes definitely well you know the entertainment part we have like a lot of metrics and marketing right and direct marketing and that part has been really tracked and understand and we do a lot of marketing research. Not that much in the film industry. There is um, 
amazing web that I will mention here. You can definitely add or go there. Concave Brand Tracking is concavebt.com. And they actually specialize on measure the screen time of each product. And they categorize it for what is the most, um, you know, the top one in every year the top one brand in each movie so these metrics that i gave you over the years are based on the metric of disposure time and how much it will be um, accounted in money to have that type of exposure in time um, nowadays because we are going into ai and we have been we are being able to track a little bit more um, the consumer, um, you know, and, and understand a little bit better the consumer um, evolving, right, after or, or the spikes that happens afterward and, and experience, you know, through the movies um, and how they affect it. But there is different ways because nowadays you have a stream platforms, you have movies, you have, you know, the contact that people has in social media. So there's so many things that came along to actually see. Honestly, I would say that the reach is farther than that because you have another ways of touch points. You have merchandise, you have, you know, um, if you go to a food place and they do have certain type of deal, you will see certain type of, of food being released for that specific, specific uh, movie. And you can notice this on, on kids' movies, right? If you go to Burger King or McDonald's or other type of brands that are specialized in that market, they will launch things inspired on that movies. So there is a lot of things that need to be tracked, but for me, one of the, the places that I found that you can actually get a little bit more data on it is concave um, brand tracking. And also there is another um, Ben, the entertainment, they specialize also in product placement in biggest movies and shows as well. And they also have like certain type of case stars that allows you to see, you know, it got incrementing 25% after the shows was released, you know, so they can track those things. But I would say that, and this is my, my particular opinion, I think that the exposure is bigger and they it not might be the right a specific way of tracking it because it just comes with so many other things with so many other places that people can be in contact with the brand that you can that it has an impact on that person but you don't have the way to actually say other than just the incremental part of it but it might be a client that might not right away use that but you might use it or buy it later on so that's the beauty of it and that's where why brands are also 
been inclined every day more than ever because we don't like that much ads and disruptive advertising. So this this feels more natural and more and more um, more better in the way of of the reach man or and the results that it brings to the brand. It's more efficient, I would say. Yeah, I I appreciate uh, you highlighting those uh, websites which people can look at. I will try to have it on the show notes, guys, uh, so that you can also refer back. So. the reason i kind of asked you this question uh, claudia is because i when i when i was actually looking out for some stats uh, for movies and how much uh, you know how many brands were on in that movie and what kind of screen time it you know it had etc okay so uh, the movie avenger popped up the end game so it had roughly around 59 brands with a screen time of 31 minutes in total and the value which was generated for these brands uh, was around 75 million dollars okay now at a face value when when uh, you know marketers or even potential brands who want to get into the same space when they actually look at these stats how would they kind of understand like you know what the 75 million would entail them uh, like what are they getting are they getting impression are they uh, i mean i understand you get exposure but you know what if you just get exposure and if you don't get uh, anything with regards to sales like you know at the end of the day they pay quite a fortune to be here at least i'm guessing to be on the big screen so what would encourage them uh, to Uh, you know, sometimes uh, the reason I ask you this is because sometimes there are certain product placement in movies which are so subtle that you don't even realize. Like for example, I I was watching this movie called uh, Guilty, okay, by Jack Gyllenhaal, and there was a bunch of Dell products in it. Only when I was researching about it, I came to know that you know they had like six Dell computers and Dell computers and Sennheiser headphones was around the movie, okay, around the movie. uh you know throughout uh, the whole screen time you know back in and back in, you know in and forth so so that's what i that's, that's the reason i'm asking like you know so i hope you get my question if that makes sense yes definitely it does you know it's it's one of the things that i think like it's just metrics there are few things that you can borrow from marketing definitely to be able to understand what you accomplish in that particular way so i will put like an example there this is a case of study on on ben that does product placement and they work with a brand um actually i don't know if i can say the brand but we were talking about brands and when they actually exposure that they um you know increase 48% the number of people that actually went to that store and then they they leverage that and they calculate all that percentage of increase like in the positive brand momentum or how how it affects on the perception of the brand so it's kind of the same way of mark how marketing works you know you have an ad 
is easier to track an app because there is just one place that is coming from. And if it's a social media app, you know how many clicks, you know well is the ROI, you know, you, you can control those things. The thing with, with movies and this type of content and the beauty of it, as I mentioned before with Riven, is that there is a lot of brands that has been talked about or had, had been used by certain characters. And when they, you know, along the way, you will be seeing that every time. So it's not just a campaign that you can just use by a certain type time frame, right? It's something that it will stand further in the line and actually will get, it's, it's, it's like part of a study case. Like it's like now we were talking, you open up talking about Hershey's being in one of the first movies. It just becomes part of a story in a certain way. It, it becomes more iconic. So what I feel about this, it's something that doesn't die as quickly as can die a, a campaign and it just survives in time because now this brand especially when we are talking about brands that are uh, put in the plot placement or they are working the script it just have so much value because it stays there and we might not be able to track those things over time other than you know exposure and time and how much it will be um, accounted if you are talking about minutes and exposure for that brand to be there but the influence that it has it's way more powerful I'm with you yeah and the influence is way too powerful yes it, it can subconsciously penetrate your mind uh, and make you feel a certain way and encourage you to end up, you know, buying or at least consider buying it, uh, you know, maybe in the long run. So I'm with you completely. I'm going to quickly go ahead and, uh, yeah, you know, do a quick room reset. I'm going to play a song and then we will actually get into the discussion further. I have just a few other questions before we start Q&A uh, from the audience. So I was looking around for some cool tracks and I found this nice uh, Latino style of music, <laughs> which I'm going to play. <laughs> Hopefully you guys would like it.
thank you. Thank you so much for your patience. Let's actually move further with the uh, discussion. Uh, so my next question, Claudia, is that, you know, sometimes advertisement can be uh, advertisement or you can say product placement uh, can be really be annoying. So I, I did a little bit of research and I found this marketing professor called uh, David A. Uh, Schwedidel something. I know it's too hard to pronounce his last name, but uh, yeah. So he, he kind of said that viewers tend to get turned off if the product placement is too prominent. And, uh, they, you know, because sometimes we kind of go overboard and uh, make you feel like they're really trying to sell you something, triggering, triggering something called as persuasion knowledge. Okay, and I, I kind of have an example from the movie Jack and Jill, guys. I'm sure you have heard, uh, you know, this song by Al Pacino. It's really funny. I'm just going to play that so that you get an idea what is called an annoying ad. So the premise of this ad is that uh, Al Pacino visits Dunkin' Donuts and uh, there was a commercial which was made, uh, you know, with Al Pacino with this. Okay, so something funny. It's not like a, like a real, real commercial but something for the movie called Jack and Jill name Jack and Jill something's brewing at D&D wow Al Pacino it's not Al anymore it's Dunk Dunkachino don't mind if I do what's my name Dunkachino it's a whole new game Dunkachino you want creamy goodness I'm your friend say hello to my chocolate blend Attica Kua Lucky Light this whole trial is out of sight. They put me back in with hazelnut too. Caramel swirl, I know it was you. Everyone wants my Dunkachino. Can't get enough of my Dunkachino. Kids from 7 to 17 lining up for my Dunkachino. <laughs> so, so I, I know it's kind of a little funny. I, I would have it on the show notes, guys, in case if anybody wants to actually see that commercial. And, uh, and it, it's really fun. It's it's really crazy, and I want to actually give you the last piece, okay, of of that uh, conversation with Adam Sandler is having with Al Pacino about this commercial. It's really funny how it goes. So here, you know, here it goes. Maybe you can tell me what what part you would lose, but I think we are getting there. Burn this. <laughs> he I'm says, sorry? "Burn this." <laughs> this must never be seen by anyone if you didn't like all those close-ups we can we can uh, this anyway guys you know so i don't want to bore you with that clip so so claudia so you know my, my question is that how as marketers uh, you know how can we have uh, like a perfect balance you know you know having it integrated in the script uh, that you know it does not annoy people so what is your take on this yes thank you Jason, I think um, it's a blend, and and I will I, I will um, take the chance to make this distinction. There are many times that brands are being embedded in a story because the writer or the creative crew, producer, the person that is creating part of the content, want to assign certain type of, of perception about that brand to that character. So it's a way to highlight or to create um, a character. So if you think about who is the user 
of certain type of car or who will drink certain type of beverage or who will go to certain type of place or store, you have in your mind kind of the idea of, of who that person is, um, whether we like it or not, right? It shouldn't be like that, but it's, it's just something that is social, um, um, let's say learn, right? So once that is, that is created to highlight that character and portray that character in a certain way, it comes with that, those little things. So those brands could be embedded from the beginning, not with the purpose of selling anything, but just to um, allow audience to relate to that character or to make an idea of who is that character. And, um, you know, once when we are talking about product placements and brands and we cannot show them in a way that you feel that is destructive, because as you all mentioned, um, that will definitely take out um, the, the way that a brand wants to, you know, achieve. You know, if they are product placement, if they are using product placement as a way of marketing. I think like the most powered thing and the more powerful thing is embedded in the story. It has to serve a purpose in the story. And you can get in and you can get a deal with a brand in the earliest stage. So early development when the actual script is being made and you can but in, inside uh, movies or shows, that those product placement, when it's already in production. For me, the ideal would be to have those stocks inside when, when it's an early process, so you can actually talk and think and, and create a way that that feels part of the story and embedded in the story. And not just, as you mentioned, putting there so it just feels disruptive and it feels more like a commercial than actually a serve to the story. So I would definitely think that those are the main differentiators in the process. And, and if you are the one that as a marketer, you are doing that connection and you are taking care of that brand, you want to be sure that you can get a good way or understanding, a good understanding on how that brand will be actually portrayed in that in that piece of content. Makes sense. I'm with you. But, you know, Claudia, I always kind of, you know, keep wondering how much do, uh, do people pay for such product placement? Like, you know, what what is the cost, uh, you know, the brand pays to be a part of the script? And now, now, seven minutes is too low, but how much do you think they would end up spending uh, for this whole thing? I did a little uh, research, and, and, and I don't know if these numbers are actually accurate. So, the movie, The Avengers, The Age of Ultron, uh, Harley Davidson uh, featured their electric motorcycle, and they paid 10 millions, according to that report. Uh, the movie, the James Bond film called uh, Skyfall in 2012, it was launched. 
Heineken beer uh, shell out estimated 45 millions for a 7 second screen time okay now more than 100 brands were featured uh, you know in the movie man of steel which includes gillette nokia carl's junior uh, offered a combined uh, you know fee of 160 million so so i don't know how much this is accurate but you know if you can share some some of your thoughts yes definitely tason yes well you know it has to be a lot with how you calculate those it can be you know 10 millions but there usually there is a different agreements right so it could be in money but also it could be in marketing partnerships so those brands get into yes i will create these commercials or i will feature you in my products and i will release um product line especially for this movie and this cost is this you know so it's type of an agreement on how they will split the costs in that way how much they will put in the movie that's definitely a part of the deal there will be brands that just wants to be there it's kind of like you know i think like people is more related with super bowl ads so you know that they are really high <laughs> high for a second so it's it's basically um because people just connects and understand that part they 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 have that time frame so per 30 second commercial this is the amount in movies is a little bit different because there is a lot of things in place and there are a lot of movie parts and then there is also actors it could be and then you know agreements so now the actor will become the face of that brand that could be into that agreement as well and you've seen that when there are certain movies that are being released um they do have as well actors doing certain campaigns for uh clothing for perfumes for you know watches and we were talking about the case of omega watches um there is a lot of brand agreements and marketing agreements so that amount it doesn't need exactly to be just in that it could be a combined thing on how the brand will actually land those different agreements and where that will be allocated and especially um if is like a certain type also uh when you have like bigger brands like an umbrella umbrella so they also can allocate different type of brands that are underneath that um uh that main corporation and they can use different brands to in the movies so there is a different way because we if we talk about let's say netflix and the streaming service they don't allow ads particular app, apps that you can actually pay for it so one of the things that i was reading and someone were um writing about it here is and i believe the concave um as well mention it is that they are doing a different type of agreement so they don't accept money there is not such a product placement and i will pay you a fee 
they actually make another type of arrangements and they create a partnerships with brands. And it doesn't mean that that comes just from the platform. It doesn't mean that it has to come from Netflix. These could be, as I mentioned before, early on in the process where you are just developing the script or the production company actually get on in that deal and actually they land a deal and that movie is already made and they did have certain agreements and now it goes to a distribution. So now that movie is at being acquired for different by different platforms or being released in different theaters and they actually do, do not have anything to do with those brands or those type of agreements so it's a different way to actually see the product placement and to actually understand that it doesn't need to be money it ha it can be another type of partnership as well I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. You know, it's not always about money and there can be some sort of other agreement as well. But it's it's fair to say, right? I mean, unless and until you are an established brand, uh, you know, at least uh, for a long time. And if you don't have a brand equity, uh, like those brands which we see on big screens, it's pointless uh, for somebody who is just starting up to do uh brand brand endorsements or placements right or product placements uh, because i don't think people would realize it uh for example in the movie the man of steel they blew up a gas station which was 711 and uh, i saw a scene when uh, when he the hero was actually walking away there was a nestle ad behind so it and it was so subtle it just looks like a naturally uh you know made scene so so i think you you need to know or have some sort of understanding or the brand has to exist in some shape or form so that people resonate and recollect it and uh, i think it's more to actually make you subconsciously feel about their existence because if if they can get into your subconscious that would be the first brand which would pop up naturally in your mind because you have seen it and your subconscious says that oh nestle or harley davidson or apple or dell whatever w would that be fair to say claudia Yes, definitely. I think like it's just reminders, you know, sometimes, and I will put this example, um, YouTube ads, right? Because we can relate to it. Um, before you watch a video on something that you are really looking for, you get an ad. And that ad, you can skip it after a couple of seconds. So lately, I know that you've seen as well that there are a couple of ads that just last a couple of sec uh, sec seconds. So actually you cannot skip them and you get the completely highlight on the ad on those few seconds. So I think like when you are thinking about um, movies, you have to see it in the same way. It's kind of a reminder and it's not just how long it lasts. It could be a simple glance, as you mentioned. It was there and it felt like it was part of it. Because as I mentioned before, we live in a 
place that feels real to be surrounded of brands. It feels natural to our space because I'm sitting here and here I can see a lot of brands. Actually, they were mentioning that psychologically is more counterproductive. And I don't know if you realize like some type of shows that they actually are using a certain brand, laptop brand, and they are covering it with a sticker or they are covering it with another type of thing or they are uh, taking out all the, the, um, the brand sleeves or all the other things. And actually, sometimes it just feels a little bit more destructive in certain way because you don't feel like it's a, a real thing you might be able to notice it more because now that extra sticker or that extra other weird thing that is happening in that um, lookalike maybe um, a tag, it makes you think more about the, the brand that they might not want you to know that it is. So that's what I said, that it could be a little bit counterproductive in certain way. I know that there is a reason why it's done because sometimes you don't have that, um, that green light to use brands, that those type of brands, and you cannot show it. Uh, but I would say that there is a lot of opportunity for a small brands, especially when you talk about brand and content. And um, there are always content creators or filmmakers. If you can have like, they, they constantly are doing short films or doing any type of exercises. And I think like for us more brands will be really, really beneficial to begin to do those type of, of networking and, the, and talking about those things with those content creators because it could be really beneficial for both. And you can end up having a really nice piece of content tailored for your brand or embedded in some piece that will be there perpetually. You will be able to use that to highlight it, to create maybe an alternate um, uh, piece of advertising that you can keep using for your brand. And that could be an agreement that you can do with someone that it's starting their career. And who knows, maybe that's a brand deal that can go on and go on because you never know where that person will be in a couple of years and you already have like a commercial relationship with them. So that's a, that's a good way to begin to start, even if you are not a consolidated brand or a big brand as well. Thank you so much for that, Claudia. Guys, I, I have pinned the link to Claudia's website uh, onto the top. It's actually more like a scheduler. So she's offering a 30-minute free consultation. Uh, yeah, 30 minutes. So it's actually a 45-minute window, and the first 30 minutes is actually free for my listeners. Uh, you know, do reach out to her uh, directly using that link if you want to get ideas on how to do product placement or understand the concept and see what you can explore as a brand. Now, before I move on to further questions, I can see we have my good friends, Tiffany and uh, Felicia on stage. And if anybody else is interested to come up, uh, please feel free to raise your hand. I would be happy to bring you up. So, so Tiffany, do you, do you have a question? Is there anything you'd like to contribute to this conversation? 
Hi, um, Claudia and Jason. This is Tiffany Warner, and um, I just find this conversation really, uh, on all levels, um, interesting and funny, and um, uh, so many different emotions. Because now I'm, you know, I analyze everything when watching a movie. Now I'm going to be Easter egg hunting. Oh, Pepsi paid for that, or Dr. Pepper paid for that, or whatever. I bet you people are dying to like recreate ET and be like ET phone home and then they would be dying Apple and Samsung and Google phones and whatever be like we want that part. Phone home on Apple or whatever. Um all that stuff. Um I host a live radio show called Moments of Clarity with Tiffany and there's been times where Volkswagen and um has paid you know um, given me some materials to advertise, like wear their T-shirts, same with the Restream app. Um, and I don't think people even watching would know that that was part of the deal, you know, that, or maybe I'm just thinking I'm cool wearing it. I don't know, but I was, I felt cool wearing it. So if anybody, if they're listening, whatever, not the point. But when watching a movie to be looking for those kind of things, like, why didn't they pick Coca-Cola or why didn't they pick this or so-and-so um, probably got paid a lot. But there's also a lot of things that when you represent things, you want to be sure that you believe in the product as well because it represents who you are. And when you're doing a campaign um, or hosting something, you don't want to give the wrong idea that that's something that you believe in when you don't. So it's got to kind of whatever but that's very interesting everything that you've said I really enjoyed this talk and this conversation I didn't, really didn't have any questions except just that feedback as I was listening thinking oh my gosh it's so many movies I've seen that now I'm gonna probably be looking at every movie I see from this day forward so anyway I think that's very funny and so um but well done and um and yeah, if only ET had an M and M's instead of Reese's, or uh, you know, Reese's probably made a killing off of that. Because not only that, but it is a really good candy, though. So I'm just gonna say that. But Reese's Pieces. It's it, it, it's is it actually best. called Reese's or is it Reese's 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 Pieces? Reese's but it's Pieces. part of the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup Reese's mm. brand, and they're just like little M and M's that taste like peanut butter and chocolate Interesting. instead of. Yep, I, I had a really difficult there, time to pronounce it. No, Reese's pieces. No, and oh my goodness, I actually didn't realize it was a chocolate. I thought it's some sort of a it's, dish. Uh, like it's chicken. more like candy coated. <laughs> it's a chocolate hard coated. They're the size of M and M's, but they're can chocolate candy coated peanut butter. So like when you take a bite, it's chocolate peanut butter. It's. I have to send some your way, buddy. Like, seriously, <laughs> another thing you're missing out on over Mumbai, man. Well, and then you'll start bugging me all the time. Can you send me some more? Can you send me some more? They're really good. So when you come to visit, I'll show you all of that. <laughs> and they should be paying, right, right, Claudia, for me to even say that right now. It's an Easter egg where they should, that would be part of their brand and advertise. The plug right there. <laughs> I know I really enjoyed this conversation and thanks for letting me speak. Absolutely. And uh and then the so the tune into the moments of clarity with Tiffany radio show tomorrow on Friday. 
and Jason's got to know since we're talking about branding, I'm just going to throw that in there just because, <laughs> you know, you guys advertise for Reese's Peanut Butter Cup and, uh, <laughs> and all this other stuff. <laughs> I wonder if you're going to remake ET Apple or Samsung or whatever phone. You I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to shut up. <laughs> Thanks for letting me talk. It was a great, great interview. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tiffany. So I'm, I'm going to. Thank you, Tiffany. I'm going to quickly acknowledge Felicia. Thank you so much for being on stage. And, and Leslie, we will get to you shortly. So, Felicia, do you... Oh, and really quick, Claudia, I sent you a message. On, uh, I followed you on Instagram and sent you a message. I will be sending you a message. Thank you, Tiffany. I will definitely be checking on. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm laughing. I was laughing with you. <laughs> the business business, definitely. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So, Felicia, please flash your mic if you're available. So great to see you. Uh, we don't see a mic flash yet. Felicia, are you there? Okay, maybe. maybe. Anyway, but if, uh, if uh, yeah. she is. Yeah. Felicia, how are you? So great to see you. Do you have a, a question? Is there anything you'd like to add on to the conversation we're having? Sure. Hi. Felicia, bad coverage. I, I don't think um, we can hear you. It's choppy. I can hear Okay, how about that? Is that yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, wonderful. <laughs> so, Claudia, hi, Felicia. She can't hear it. Matrix. I want to say that she's stuck in the Matrix <laughs> without promoting the movie now. <laughs> she's dropping, dropping the names of all these movies and brands. You need to be a sponsor. Um, <laughs> look, Claudia's clapping. Uh, so, Claudia, I had a question about, in term, I work in the marketing space, so I often work with um, brands and either making a list of brands, and on the marketing side, when we're looking for sponsorships, um, we pretty much put together a wish list of the sponsors that we would like to work with that would be in alignment with the marketing events or the brands that we're working with. And then either on the other side, where you're the brand and you're you know looking at potential opportunities. So, in the movie space... Where is the opportunity, like what is the process in terms of like, especially when you mentioned brands that are fairly new and having to have some kind of brand is going to be, do they have a certain marketing division where they're accepting posts? Because on the marketing side, you would go to like um, IEG sponsorship report where people are sponsors are stating that they're looking for potential brands or they're looking for they're going to be they're looking for a particular event to sponsor or a cause. Is there a publication or is there um, a process that you would be able to um, submit your ideas for your proposal or you know a request for proposal? Oh, you what's, mean like what's a the pitch process room. and like like a, like a pitch noon for right like yeah typically <laughs> yeah if there, if, yeah exactly is there if there's a pitch room or is there you, a website, you, you know typically that there's a website like, or there's a platform in, <laughs> in a round table conference room Claudia with other you know directors and brands <laughs> and deciding like okay with this pitch would go ahead okay I'm gonna invest in this particular brand okay go ahead. <laughs> oh, sure, but Claudia, I love this. I'll, I'll I'll wait for your response because it's it's just interesting that we have an actual platform. So 
if you're looking for sponsorship, you would go to IEG report, sponsorship report, or sponsors actually state this year we're going to be promoting or only sponsoring uh, breast cancer. So in your research, you're not submitting um, a request to a company who's already stated what they're going to be sponsoring or that they're accepting potential sponsorships with no particular topic. So is there something similar within the movie realm? Well, usually what happens with brands, and especially because we talk about bigger brands inside of, you know, big budget movies, they do have certain type of agreements in certain way with uh, distributors or um, developing and, and productions side, so in the production, production companies. So they used to work with some of them. What I mentioned before is like, it has to be a part of how the writer also wants to portray that character. So you ask as a small brand, there are sites and particular places, especially nowadays that they try to connect um, content creators with brands and that could be a way also to begin that conversation but they are more in the side of social media space usually for movies it goes as an investment part or it goes into a brand deal because that movie um, they want or it was created as we were mentioned before like E.T that particular scene was created with uh, M&Ms in mind, but they passed and Reese's end up using that part and, and be portrayed in that particular scene. So it could be going in a different states in the process. So it could be something that the production company wants to pursue since the, since the beginning because they are lifting um, investment because remember this is a business every movie is a business it has to go with a plan business plan you have to lift um, to get investment you have to um, audit you have to do so so many things um, highlight uh, like hiring like everything happens really fast in a couple of months I mean the, the part of the production process Obviously, the development process, it can take a lot, lot long, long, longer than that. But definitely what I would suggest for a small brand is to go and connect with uh, content creators and maybe, you know, colleges, films, film schools. Um, those places would be a really good way or hops because I know that you are looking for a certain a place in the movies, in the producers that you really like, that you resonate with what they are doing, local people, local creators, local filmmakers. That's a good way where, where to look. There is a lot of chapters in each city that you can actually go there and, and um, talk with them, associations, that are in the film associations 
of writers or directors or producers, that those are who usually, especially producers and directors, that has a little bit more control on, on what would be the brand that they want to be aligned with that those characters and you know begin those conversations for me that would be the hops that I would recommend it, especially for small brands because I think like um, you can get deals there and especially because when you are there you can get connected with different styles so maybe your brand will go better with uh, drama or a romantic comedy and not that much with um horror movie you know so there is a lot of things that you have to take under consideration on where you want to uh, put those brands and as you mentioned as well before tiffany what would be the message or the relationship that you want to show it's really important that when you are especially if you are the marketing side and you are going to place that in a movie, you have to really understand how it will be being used because I think like if you are doing it for marketing purposes, it really has to be portrayed in a way that it will be beneficial for your brand and not the other way around. That is so true, so, Claudia. That is so mm -hmm. true. Imagine, you know, somebody is doing a horror movie which has a lot of knife stabbing and you end up, you know, promoting the knives <laughs> for stabbing. I, I don't think that would be a good way of promoting things, right? And I'm just saying, like, you know, I'm so sorry. Something <laughs> this popped up. It's true. It's true, Jason. With the movie. Uh, Felicia, the audio is not good. I'm so sorry. We can't hear you. The audio is not good. Yeah, would you try again? Maybe, maybe move to another section. Oh, I said it's just—it's really true that you really want your brand to be in alignment with um, the movie that you're going to be in. Your brand is spot on. Yeah, yeah. So. So I, I, I'm so sorry, Claudia, I didn't mean to cut you back there, but, you know, please go ahead. You know, I just wanted to share that joke. <laughs> no, totally on point, Jason. I think like you <laughs> time right on the topic, definitely. So those are the things that you have to be really have in mind, especially on, on when you are doing that because you really want to portray your brand and you want to be part of that conversation. Um, there is another way as well, lately, especially uh, brands like Nike or Nike or, uh, you know, even in the pandemic, NBA and other sports begin to do documentaries around certain things that were happening and document, documenting um, many things. And they were released um in afterwards right so we have been um going through things that happened last year in new releases and i think like that's another great way for brands to participate and to create content around enlightening in certain topics too um, that the brand believe that the brands is aligned with and creating content like that 
it doesn't have to be just films. It can be documentaries as well. It can be something that it's happening uh, around your brand too. It's some type of conversation that your brand wants to have or wants to uh, be part of. And I think like that's another great opportunity. If you're in small brand, again, going to uh, filmmakers hub or associations or indie filmmakers or students as well, that would be a good way to begin that conversation and to be part of that process and create ventures in, in that way that highlights certain things that you want to do as well. So there is endless possibilities on how brands can create content. But my suggestion, as you both mentioned, is that you have really understand the power of a story and be really mindful. You want to do content that inspires, that makes good, that pay forward, that open conversations that highlight in, in the best light possible. And I think like brands can, uh, you know, create using that amazing thing, but I will use a quote with, with great power comes great responsibility as well. As a marketer and as a content creator, you have to really be aware of what you're creating. Spider-Man. Yes. <laughs> so you do have to be aware how you're doing things and, and what you are what you what is the message that you are taking in, that you are giving out, that you are creating, that you are putting out in it. Because that's really, really important. And I think like we all, as a marketers, as a content creators, we do have so, so much responsibility in that sense. And I think like we have to use it in the best way possible. With great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to quickly acknowledge Leslie, who has been patiently waiting. So, I mean, unless and until Felicia, you have a follow-up question, we can move on to Leslie. Okay. So, so Leslie, welcome. Thank you so much for your patience. Do you have a question? Is there anything you'd like to contribute to this conversation? Uh, she's not a ghost. She's actually on LinkedIn. <laughs> so, so, go ahead. Thank you, Jason. Can you hear me clearly? Yes, loud and clear. Way better than we traditionally hear from you. Yeah. So this is this is. <laughs> That's great, Jason. Um, no, just really good to support today. Um, this really interesting conversation, and it's really interesting. Just thinking back years ago with the subliminal marketing, uh, and you guys were not probably well, Jason. I don't think you were born yet. Um, but back in the seventies, when I was a little girl. I remember Farrah Fawcett was really the big time, you know, uh, star, sex symbol. And it was very interesting because if you go on eBay today, it'd be, I'd be curious, I'd have to Google it to see how much these posters are today. But um, if you look at the ringlets and the curls in her hair, it actually spelled out S-E-X. 
So that was very subliminal advertising, brilliant advertising. Um, and we see, we saw a lot of that as a little girl, just um, campaigns and things that would flash up really quickly before your eyes. And you don't even realize it until you put it in slow motion to see what was really going on. Um, you know, I remember, uh, and Tiffany will laugh if she remembers this, but Burger King had to all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. That was when I was seven years old, and it still is in my mind. So, so I don't, yeah. So I don't want to get off of the topic, but you know, at the end of the day, it's really amazing. Um, just listening to your guest and how how marketing has evolved in this uh, new world that we're in, in the meta world. And just, um, I'm just enjoying this and supporting um, your um, weekly uh, show, Jason. So thank you for having your guest on today. And I'm just here to support and listen and learn. Take care. I hope everybody has a great, wonderful rest of your day or evening. Thank you. Thank you so much, Leslie. We appreciate that con uh, contribution and uh, thank you, Tiffany, for chiming in between. I have never, ever heard about this thing which you guys spoke about, a bug king. So. Oh, my gosh. That's where my son works, Jason. Oh. Uh, McDonald's. You okay. have McDonald's there. It's his first job and he comes home smelling like crap. Anyway, so, but then I also remember that one with the little girls playing the piano. It was like back in the 80s. Oh, I wish I was away from here instead of playing this song. And by Big Mac and McDonald's, whatever, a cheeseburger, and also, and also fries or whatever. I don't know, she's playing a piano recital. You can look it up in the 80s. But we were forced to watch ads back then. And you know what? They, they, some people, and it kind of makes me want to do it for the radio show now that I'm thinking about it, but they're smart and they're saying, stay tuned, we'll be back in exactly one minute. You know, so people don't change the channel because they're like, oh, gosh, commercials and everybody wants to change the channel and go to a station and just surf and like wait for the show to start back. But when it's like we'll be back in exactly one minute, then people are less likely to change the channel because they know they don't have to wait. Then there's up like Hulu that um, or other points that they show ads in, in like three, two, one, and they have that little circle thing like which is kind of annoying because it doesn't go fast enough, but that's, um, you still know how long you have to wait for the commercials, but then the shows that have way too many commercials, which take away from the content. And I know cause I, I, the radio show, I have ads and need sponsors and that kind of stuff. And I have the hour that I, I pay for the hour and, um, they take, the top of the hour but i could play a whole hour for just ads if i didn't want my content out there but i have to count <laughs> and, and monitor how many ads i play so that because even when my guests are kind of like wow that went by fast i'm like i know and i only have two commercial breaks but i mean it's it's a lot of ads <laughs> if i wanted to but then man that what a, what a you know money making show it would be for me nobody would watch it and people would just play their ads. <laughs> I really wish there sense. was a podcast which but just played ads. Just ads, so cool. yeah. Nobody would watch it. Oh, but it's it's not they, it's not for people. It's for advertisers to listen to their advertising. Yeah, but who would who would listen to that? Potential if, advertisers. <laughs> I don't 
know. Anyway, yeah. The, <laughs> you, when you when you when you know that when they there's too many commercials and you see five minutes of the show and then they're like, okay, we'll be back after this. Like, oh, like especially when you're waiting for someone to die or something. You're just like, oh my gosh, they just died, and then you have to wait for the commercial break because no one's dying yet. That one, like, just I feel so bad because. Like, hey, by the way, is this the jingle commercial 1974? Is that the one? McDonald's, Big Mac. Probably. Okay, uh, I'm gonna play it. A, a piano recital. She's like McDonald's Big Mac. To... It's more than just another hamburger. There is are two the all one? beef patties, special no, sauce, lettuce, no. cheese, pickle. No, that's that's it... before my time in uh. the 74. But you no know, more like 80, where they made a jingle out of it, not the that guy's voice. Okay, so moving further, um, ten, 10 years ahead. Do the do the little girl playing a piano recital for McDonald's uh, playing or thinking of McDonald's during a piano recital. And it'd be mine, oh mine, and I don't have to share with my big brother or my dumb brother. Oops, my dumb brother. Oh, found it, found it. Uh, it's catchy. I pretty much I'm playing botched it. the words a little bit, but I know when they're singing. I don't want to do this. It'll be great. I'll be scared. Uh, I think how this glad you'll fun. be when you're all done, and maybe we'll all go to McDonald's. I'll be glad when I'm done. I'll be glad when I'm done. I'll be. <sighs> Think McDonald's. Oh, I wish I were already there instead of here playing this song. Oh, I would have a big chocolate shake, cheeseburger, and also, whoops, also fries. And I would eat my fries myself and not give any to my dumb brother. Hands off and mine off mine. Oh boy, my recital is almost done. It wasn't bad. I'm still alive, and now I can have my chocolate shake, my cheeseburger, and also whoops, and also fries. Applause, applause, guys, applause. <laughs> so thanks a lot. So that's going to be stuck in my head for the next two weeks. <laughs> Welcome. Like, thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> the two all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. It's just, it's a different ad. It's just, it's the ingredients for the quarter pounder, I guess. And it hasn't changed. Yep. I, I actually move, uh, want to move to the business side of things and wanted to ask Claudia a few things. Unless and until Claudia, you want to contribute anything, uh, you know, before we move to that uh, section? Yes, I was going to mention, I really love the, the, the ad. I never heard it before. And I think it's like quite remarkable because it's embedded in certain type of a story. It's catchy, it's sticky, and it feels, it feels like she's telling you something. It's, it's, it's embedded in something. You know that she's going through this recital and she wants to go, and it just tells that. And I think like this is a great example on showing why those ads and and they just stay more with you because there is something unique that is placed there that you can remember easier and it just feels funny and and lifting and and all the above right so. That's why, especially that, that um, Tiffany mentioned that when you have to wait, nobody likes 
to wait on the ad side. And I think like that's why um, product placement, it's been something that brands are considering even more nowadays because they are finding ways of being able to do that without feeling disruptive. And there is so, so many new ways as well to create content around brands that they will not feel like an ad. They just feel like is a part of, of the narrative. It's a part I, of I the remember, story. Claudia, you, you, you informed me before the interview about content syndication, and you said this would be the possible future. Uh, if you can speak on that before we move on to the business side of things, that would be awesome. Yeah, I think like it will it will get into a point that, you know, content is in a certain way decentralizing, making a decentralization, right? We are creating a lot of content and generating content in a daily basis. So as a user, you are creating. And I think like that's a really important shift, especially after what we all lived these past years, um, where platforms like streaming services are coming in in a bigger way. I know there's, there, there, it's continuing to shift while we see all these changes and all these evolve, but I don't think those type of platforms will go anywhere. I, I think like we have shift our way to watch content and as Stephen were saying you want to skip those things you want to just watch what you are enjoying you don't want to be um interrupt in in a certain mm-hmm. way with those except for the content. super bowl exactly. for some reason there's some people that watch the super bowl because of the commercials Yes. Sorry, Dan. No, that's perfectly example. <laughs> that's a perfect example. That's why uh, it, they are it's, so it's hard logical. To... It's logical, Claudia, for them to focus on the commercial because uh, we've been hyped. I mean, the Super Bowl has been hyped because brands shell out a lot of money, and people are really interested in knowing like how much did they spend and what uh, did that spend result in. I think that's what is making them focus on the Super Bowl more. Uh, the advertisement more than the actual Super Bowl. Do you think that would be a fair assessment? Yes, definitely, definitely. I think like it just, it just create like an expectation. People is eager to watch like which brand will create like the most unique piece, <laughs> which would or be the, the more hilarious. <laughs> yes, it's it it's it. We get to the point that is a contest, right? So everybody is is expecting their brands to actually release something unique and something that they can talk about it afterward. So I think like that's a, an amazing way of seeing this content creation too and marketing in a different highlight. Something that it could be destructive in this particular context is actually the king or queen of, of the, of the, you know, <laughs> of the event, right? Without taking, you know, the amazing thing that happens around the, the sports and, and obviously the presentation and the musical presentation. But I think one of the things that 
you want to be there, glue and watch it is those unique pieces of content creation. And they just release it there. So that's another thing. You don't see it before. So you know that that will be a unique space to actually watch them. And that just, that scarcity, I think, it also makes it unique in a certain way. And nowadays, after that, you can create a huge campaign. You can create another ways of actually generating and, and leading people to, um, to be more in contact with them. You can track what people are saying around those ads. You can track their emotions. You can see how they are feeling. What are the particular things that they are saying? So with all this technology, there is so, so many things that we can pick up from this amazing spaces and understand better on how people react and why people react. I always like to mention a book that I found really unique um, and special and is Contagious. And Contagious, it highlights and it analyzes in a deep, deep way why content gets viral and what are the main things that a content, that a piece of content has to have in, other, in, in the way that it actually can be a viral content, can be something that you want to share. So I think like every day that we get to those type of data and, and understanding, we actually can um, know what would be what is highly expected and in movies you can have uh, also the same expectation you know that let's say marvel movies are a really huge box um hit right so they will be something that people is expecting them and they will be long lines and people will watch this so that's why that that certain type of certainty let's say on what people and where people connect it's just what gives that a special and unique place to create and do certain things with brands yeah absolutely absolutely those are some great points claudia before we actually you know uh, you know explain people in depth as to what you do as a business i wanted to actually quickly give people a heads up on where the product placement industry is heading based on my research uh, in a content syndication is actually a major problem not a problem but something which many existing companies wanted to really work on so so tech companies what they are doing is they are developing ai technology uh, which allows seamless convergence of content and brands in a new age advertisement for content syndication now how they are doing it is uh, i came across this company called riffryff.com so according to riff content is no longer fixed in perpetuity uh, which means any moving image or content can be commercialized, revitalized, and remonetized, be it on TV, sports, social media, without infringing on the production or the narrative. So what they simply did is that they developed a technology wherein they can swap the product displayed on an ad or on a movie 
uh, without actually doing any post-production work using AI. That is the future which I'm seeing. The reason I think many uh, tech companies are developing this technology is because imagine you you uh, you know do this combined deal with a brand and this brand faces some sort of a legal issue and they don't want to be associated or the movie doesn't want to be associated with this brand. They have to reproduce the content once again. Otherwise, the whole negative uh, effect you know would shadow on them also so i think this technology is really amazing i see a very good future the website is rift.com i would highly encourage you to watch uh, their sizzle reel and the in infomercial video about uh, you know how they use this technology to replace products real time so i just wanted to speak on that so so claudia at this moment of time how can uh, people reach out to you and what is that you're currently offering which people should be aware of? Thank you, Jason. Yes, well, um, please go to the top. Um, it's claudiavst.com. And definitely I would be, you can find a link. Um, it, it says a schedule. I would definitely be for you um, this is a special promotion for the show, and I would love to have a conversation around if you have a brand or you want to have like any ideas on how to create content, uh, branded content around your brand. Um, I would be more than happy to to you know to get that conversation on and to give you some ideas and that we can talk about what is your brand vision so we can highlight or put out a way or a, a good way for you to achieve those things a step by step. And definitely I would love for you to contact me um, over there. And as I said, this is a special promotion uh, for this show, this amazing job and yes, Yup, <laughs> that's a product placement. <laughs> yup, that is a product placement. That's a titan. I hope you guys now understand why the title was, uh, you know, designed or you know put forward that way because we wanted to have a conversation and we wanted to, uh, you know, like speak, have a conversation, and not really, really uh, make it like, uh, like boring. So something interesting. So I hope we, are, we were able to accomplish that. If you know, if you have been listening to us all this time, I truly, truly want to thank you for being here and showing support to me and Claudia. And thank you so much for to Tiffany, uh, Felicia, and Leslie to coming on stage and asking questions. Without your questions, guys, you know the show, you know seems to be incomplete. You know we need to have Q and A. Please reach out to Claudia on the website uh, given above. If you're not in a position to actually write it down, do not worry. It's on chat. It will also be on show notes, or you can just look at the description over LinkedIn. Everything is gonna be there. Okay, I want to quickly give uh, people uh, a heads up on how you can support me and what I do. So, uh, the uh, my show it's it's called Brand Identity Design Podcast. It's very simple. It's named very intentionally because I am a brand identity designer. My target audience is entrepreneurs, and that's one of the reasons we would see entrepreneurs on my show. Okay, very simple equation. 
being very very open about it now this interviews do help me to market and approach my guests learn from them network build new relationship and in the possible future uh, you know get bombarded with opportunities which has been happening from the past few months so it really helps me from a marketing side of things now a couple of ways how you can support me i'm doing season 3 starting from 14 september which happens to be tiffany's birthday and we are going to be launching the show on the same day season 3 and it's going to continue till february the end of 2023 so season 3 uh, would include about 24 to 25 episodes plus maybe a few bonus here and there If you have, uh, if you know any guests, or if you possibly want to be a guest on my show, uh, you know your influence, your reach, uh, how big or small you are. Those things are not really a priority to me. As long as you can share your story, uh, tell the audience what you do. Okay, and and educate people in the process. I'm more than happy to have you on my show. So feel free to reach out to me if you want to be a guest on my show. No cost to you at all. You can be on my show absolutely free of cost. Okay. Second way, uh, you can ask more entrepreneurs. uh you know who are getting into the business game to listen to my show my show specifically speaks about business there's a wide array of topics which i have done in season 1 and 2 i did start off uh my season 1 very very rookie and i gradually did progress uh to where i have reached at this moment of time so uh you can support me by listening and subscribing commenting or you know giving a review on apple it would uh i would really appreciate that if you if you like to do that the third way how you can support me is uh, by hiring me i i you know specialize in corporate identity design so if you do like the work which i do which you should be able to find on my linktree my website uh, is listed on my linktree go through some of the things which i have done a lot of case studies have been listed if you like what you see reach out to me i should be able to help you not only with brand strategy but i can also help you in designing uh, something in conjunction with the strategy very very effective in that way uh, the last and the final way how you can support me is by donating on my linktree you do have an option to fund towards my education so if you don't know i'm actually a self taught designer uh, and i'm trying to actually get my expertise bumped up uh, by becoming a level c certified specialist a few of my close friends have really supported me by funding so if you are interested in supporting me uh, you know feel free to do that it's also on my linktree so i want to personally thank claudia once again she's such an amazing person so lovely uh, you know very easy to talk with and you can speak about anything with her and she would she would make you very very comfortable to have that conversation and she has such wealth of knowledge in not only in terms of movies which she has done but also in terms of marketing she's an absolute genius so thank you claudia for uh, you know for being here do you have any uh, you know final takeaways according to you so if there is anything you want the audience to take away from today's conversation what would that be oh thank you jason for me it's been an absolutely amazing pleasure to be here sharing with you is a wonderful topic um and it's been definitely my honor and well you know for me what is important about this and we talk about marketing and we talk about product placement in many ways but the core about this at the end of the days are the stories right and either way coming from a content creator perspective 
or coming from the brand perspective, I would definitely suggest as before, I think like when we connect all of us as a human beings and we want to elevate us, right? And and that those are stories that allow us to believe in ourselves, to believe in others, to allow us to keep dreaming, to look into possibilities, you know, to pay it forward. I, I noticed there is a content around um, over there, um, how people can begin to laugh when someone is laughing just by that, <laughs> as simple as that, which I found that that is really interesting how we all can connect and that type of pay it forward, even if it's just like an entertainment side, but also on something that allows us to understand each other in a better way, even if we disagree, right? To agree, but we disagree. It doesn't have to be aligned with your vision of life, but I think like it's so important to use the stories and to use whatever you're creating to help us each other to connect into a best light and to create something that we feel also proud of and to get to that connection and you know use it in a way that a brand can be portrayed in that you know in and it's embedded into a story that is actually something that highlights the best of of us because i really think that when you where you put your your focus it also where where everything comes right light and and go um real no and gets real too so for me that's the vision for me i think like creating the stories are an amazing part of life we live through stories this is one of the our the beginning of the time when we uh i would say like the beginning of what our structure began like in caves telling the story so Having that opportunity and moving forward on all the things that we have been talking about, I think like it's a really amazing way to help brands, to develop brands, but also to take that stories into a next level as well. Thank you so much for that, Claudia. We always, I mean, I love the conversation we had. It's truly mind-blowing. Uh, the the amount of insights you have about product placement in general it's it's mind-boggling and too amazing so thank you thank you so much and thank you stacy melissa and leslie for sticking around i really appreciate this very very much uh, i'm going to quickly give it like a wrap up so let's virtually shake hands give ourselves a pat on the back let's hug each other and say thank you <laughs> take care of yourself you have a lovely morning evening afternoon wherever you are in the world saying thanks to everyone Thank you so much and you take care of yourself and uh, next week we're going to have another guest. My shows are broadcasted every Wednesday at 12 Eastern Standard Time uh, and uh, if you do have anybody who can potentially be a good guest on Season 3 uh, please reach out. I would be happy to help them out. You take care. Thank you so much Claudia and we will just chat after, the, after we end this live. Okay? Thank you so much. Thank you all. So happy to be here. Bye.